0: Although many of us strive to be the best dad we can be, many physicians struggle with finding balance between their life at home and their life at work. This is the Imperfect Dad MD Podcast, the show where we discuss topics involving our minds, bodies, beliefs, relationships at home, and upping our game with our business practices and financial knowledge to better improve our role as dad in the lives of those around us. I'm your host, Dr. Jeremy Toffel, physician, husband, father to two boys, and self-proclaimed imperfect dad. Join me as I learn to raise my own imperfections within all these topics. Now, let's get to today's discussion. Hello and welcome to the Imperfect at MD Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jeremy Toffel, and in today's episode, I am speaking with Dr. Junaid Niazi again, I t- spoke with him last week about dad life and charting. So if you missed last week's episode, go back and listen. But at the end of the episode, we had been chatting for months about um, Star Wars and dad life. We're both kind of nerds. And um, when The Mandalorian was going on, we were we would kind of comment and send messages back and forth like, Oh, did you see this episode? What did you think about it? And we have always been planning on talking about how we interpret Star Wars and all these things that are shown in the show and how it relates to dad life. So when we finished recording last week's episode, we said, you know what? Let's just do this. Let's talk about it. And so this show is literally two dads nerding out, talking Star Wars and how it relates to being a dad. So even if you're not a nerd, take a listen because... um there's a lot of good messages, I think, when you're looking at being a dad and looking at the Star Wars universe. And so we're going to talk about that today. Again, this is just, there's no script here for the day. We literally just kind of talked and it was pretty fun. So um, remember, if you haven't yet, subscribe and leave a review, share these episodes with a friend, especially if you've got a friend who's a nerd um, or not a nerd, but a dad, they might get something out of it. And otherwise, let's get to it. All right, I'm here with Dr. Jane Niazzi. Uh thanks for joining me to talk uh, a little bit about um some some nerd dad topics today. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited. I think this has been a a, a long time coming. <laughs>
0: yeah, so um we we've, we've been chatting off-site for a while now about Star Wars and um how it relates to dad life and things and um I I recently had a, a an episode talking about Marvel movies and dad life, but I definitely think the, the Star Wars universe has definitely brought up the the whole concept of how our dads sometimes shape us in good ways and maybe not as good ways and and taking on that father role. So we're just going to have a fun time today and talk about dad life and, and star Wars movies or even the shows, I guess too. There's a lot, there's a lot more out there now than there was when I was younger. So, right. um, Yeah. Yeah. And so I, you know, I think, you know, I guess the best place to really start even is when the Mandalorian was out, we, we kind of chatted back and forth about it and the dad themes with it. And um, I think it's, you know, a really cool concept of how it, you go from this guy who, never thought about being a dad or a father figure to anybody. He's kind of a yeah. loner and does his own thing. Um, and where he has, you know, by the end of season two, because season three is not out yet, um, has basically become this, I mean, father first type of figure. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, what are your thoughts on it? I guess. Sir?
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, so in the show, the Mandalorian, um, you know, I think it has the healthiest father son relationship in, in star Wars. Yeah. um and, you yes. know it's it's, yeah, Luke here, invader,
0: it's maybe not as healthy <laughs>
1: yeah right and you know here we're talking it's it's spanning species and uh here the baby is actually probably twice as old as yeah, the right. uh father so, <laughs> so it's who, a little so, bit ooh, that's a
0: good comment so which one is the father which one is teaching the other one that's ooh, Well,
1: like they're both that. teaching each other that's but true uh, yeah you know, in terms of more of a protective role you know it's it's a uh mando has probably done more even though uh i guess i have to call him grogu uh yeah I know, uh right. did save him from that rhino thing
0: yep yep he did that i'm trying to think where else but yeah i guess you would say yeah mando had probably the the more of the authoritative protectorship type of, of mentality I mean,
1: rescuing from the imperials the whole ice spider cave yeah horror movie oh my gosh yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> I had to prepare my kids for that And I was like, all right, this one's gonna be a little bit different. Please don't have nightmares. Yeah. If so, call for your mom. Um, yeah, right. exactly. so, um but yeah, no, I think it's interesting because I mean you can relate it so much, I think, to really being a dad. Because before you're a dad, you don't really think about it, you don't really prepare for it sometimes. And um, you know, with this whole Mandalorian theme, you he you start out with this guy who's just kind of focused on himself. He's not really interested in, um, really anything, but the next job, the next thing that, you know, maybe he's running away from something. Um, and then he takes this job and suddenly it's just, you see, you see this little being for the first time and something changes in you. Right. And it's, I know a dad, it's kind of the same thing. It's like, oh my gosh, something's different here. And although he tried to complete the mission, he went back and took him back. And that's kind of where it led him down this pathway of, changing who he was to become somebody better.
1: Yeah, no, there's, uh, I mean the, the themes and in the show, um, and the, the emphasis on the, the characters I think is what has made the Mandalorian such, such a popular and such a, you know, a good show. Mm -hmm. Um, when you have these standalone sort of standalone episodes that still, you know, connect with one another. Um, and they focus really on, um, the character development mainly. Um, and, and, uh, it's, it's just sort of a, a great recipe, I think for, for cranking out a, a show like that. Um, what's I was as when we talked about, um, discussing this on your podcast, I was, I was thinking more about, um, Mando and then kind of like what you mentioned, right. He's a loner goes around, just does these sort of, uh, he's a you know bounty hunter. So he, he, he does these like missions or, or bounties that he has to secure. And I was, I was sort of laughing cause it's, it's kind of like the gig economy today, right? Like he, <laughs> he could be like. You know, a bite squad or Doordash driver, right? Just yeah, going right. around. He's just instead he's just of, doing locum
0: tenens everywhere. He's, got, he's instead just of walking, you know instead of delivering <laughs>
1: instead of delivering food, he's delivering mostly people, and maybe people. in some cases that's food. But um, it's 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 almost like a you know uh, I don't know if it's some sort sort of allegory for modern day like a, a gig life and mm-hmm. or, you know that that kind of kind of life. But you know when you when you look at what what are what are his motivations at the start of the show or, and a lot of those come apparent, you know, become apparent a little bit later in the show. Right. So he's a, an orphan that has been taken into, um, he's not like a native Mandalorian, which, Mm -hmm. and this sort of was the first big, I think, uh, reveal or, or shocking thing because if, if, if you know anything about the planet Mandalore and the Mandalorian people, they're a very proud culture that came from the, the, from, from Mandalore and they're sort of a warrior, culture or at least have warrior sex in their culture sects not sex sorry <laughs> um s-e-c-t-s um just to be clear uh and here we're talking about people that are actually not from mandalore that are not actually mandalorian per what we understood to be mandalorian before as fans of star wars um and they're sort of adopted and uh, they're i think they're all orphans um mm-hmm. as part of his his i forget what the people have related them based on their the the, the clan. emblems on yeah. the, the clan yeah I forget, I forget those details but um you know he sort of ends up taking baby Yoda or grogu into as part of his clan as sort of another orphan that he's sort of mm-hmm. taken under his wing but you know his his motivations initially are to um further uh the the causes and, and sort of help the mandalorian diaspora of this clan um together right every time he gets a bounty he takes it down to the armorer to Mm -hmm. spread the wealth and whatever and sometimes he gets like a little thing at beskar and you know i think what maybe he thinks beskar is like the bee's knees or whatever but you know i think he learns the powerhood the power of fatherhood and and love really forges him into something stronger than than beskar right like his strength by the end of the show is not because he's a good gunslinger has super fancy armor it's his relationship with um grogu
0: hmm Definitely. And I think that's a that's actually a good comment because you probably see a little bit early on of his, maybe that paternal instinct when you talk about, you know, he goes down to the armor and he takes things and he's like, yeah, make me this piece, but whatever you got left over, it's, you know, for the foundlings or it's foundlings, the foundlings that come, right? yeah And yep, so yep. it's like, so there's definitely that paternal instinct um, mm-hmm. and that, you know, kind of being involved with a clan. And I think you see that throughout you know, our lives growing up, you're always a part of some type of clan or tribe or something. And, you know, how you interact with that group maybe dictates how you're going to be in that parental role. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, the armorer tells him, you know, you're a clan of two now. And so it's almost like he takes that, all of that, you know, burden of the original clan he was with and puts it on that father
1: figure role. And um, well, the armorer sort of freedom for that. I think he was really torn between Mm -hmm. like, I'm supposed to be dedicated to my clan in this way of, you know, this is the way. Right. Um, and now he's been, you know, she sort of freed him up to say like, no, he is now your clan. Like you can, you go take care of him, give him, you know, deliver him back to his people. Uh, it's just, I mean, yeah, that's, I think that's, that's, what's so cool about the character development. How many, how many, how many minutes do we get to spend with the armor? I mean, it's less than five throughout the show thus far. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: um yeah we'll see i don't know
1: i yeah i'd exactly. like to see that this, character come back it was a pretty this, cool character <laughs> this could be a game of thrones thing right i know right it comes yeah. back in season eight <laughs> yeah
0: and I'm tra- so you know transitioning with that too for him i mean you see all this change and then you you know he you spend the whole the whole series basically of him not wanting to take his helmet off and finally it comes down to he's got to make a choice do you everything you've learned and lived and spoke about all your life. Are you going to stick with it versus you take your helmet off so you can find out where that light cruiser is and yeah. he makes a choice and it's, and it's, you know, he realizes he's got to do it. And, um, I think that's such a cool moment with it too, is he, you know, he, he makes a choice and it's that father choice. Are you going to give up all these things that you feel like meant something to you for something more mm-hmm. in the
1: sense? Yeah. Things that sort of defined who you were up until Mm -hmm. that point. Right. And, um, you know, relating that to, uh, you know, our lives, uh, in the non-Star Wars universe, how many times are we, when we're locked in a battle with our, when I'm locked in a battle with my toddler, I, you know, one of the hard things I have to take a step back is like, and say is, is this just about control in the situation or is this like, can I ease up on this? Like, Mm -hmm. am am I going to, am I getting too lax on a boundary or am I just being too controlling and I need to let his personality shine and do this for him? Like where, you know, we, we, we often think of the, would I take a bullet or whatever for for my child? Um, but I actually think more of the sacrifice of, of parenthood is in these little moments. Like where will I put those neurotic tendencies that maybe <laughs> drive me, especially as a physician, where can I put those in the backseat to really like make the emphasis on my my children learning to navigate the world, and you know, I, when I when I when I think about the show, and I, you know, ideally, I was like, oh, I'll totally go back and watch both seasons again before we do this, <laughs> and if I didn't get to any of that, so that's why some of my memory about these uh, the show is a little a little rusty. But because we have you know, so much time to do that, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but but thinking back on some of these iconic scenes and just trying to relate them to to modern life, it's it's interesting how you know i can like i just took something that was like momentous in the show him taking off his helmet right Mm -hmm. and linked it to like a little battle like with my toddler like it's uh but again like that's how the show is relatable i mean Mm -hmm. how else would you relate to a space western bounty hunter you know traveling the galaxy to find a, a baby alien
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, but I think it's, it's such a good relation because it is so much with parenting. It's you realize you have to change some of those thoughts and some of those patterns and some of those habits that you've done for years and years and years and kind of take a step back and realize, okay, is this, is this me just trying to continue how I used to do things or am I, do I need to think of things a different way? Um, You know, when you do coaching and I I know you guys talk about that for different aspects of life with with how your thoughts control things. And I know I talk about that on my podcast, but that's, it is, it is such a good relatable concept. Um, And then you get the whole ending episode with having to let go of Grogu and let him go learn and be with his quote unquote people, which I mean you know, Jedi aren't one race and Mandalorians aren't one race. Know, and so yeah. it's just, it's, it's an interesting concept there too. But um, I don't know. Does that correlate to sending our kids off to college or something? I guess, I don't know. Well, I mean,
1: you know, by the end of season two, he's, he's moved beyond just trying to keep, keep Grogu safe. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, he's trying to give him the best life possible. And he understands that that means that maybe he has to be out of the picture for that to happen. Um, so in such a short amount of time, um, you know, he's, he's come to that realization that he might be in, uh, Grogu's way, um, in order for Grogu to live up to his fullest potential and, you know, become the, whatever Jedi or, um, whatever his species is that he's meant to be. Yep. We don't know um, yet. They yeah, right? still have yeah. no name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, that's like, that's how, you know, it's, it's love, right? Because mm-hmm. even though he loves Grogu clearly. He, he knows like he, that's the sacrifice that he's making Yeah, is l- literally handing Grogu off to a stranger because he knows this person can train Grogu, hopefully to help Grogu stay safe. Cause he knows Grogu will always be a target or mm-hmm. he's come to learn that Grogu will always be a target.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, I think. Just looking at the whole series, it it's I'm you know I'm as we're talking here, I'm sitting there trying to go through my head and be like, okay, what's another good example? What's a good another good example of like this whole father son role? And I don't know when you look at Star Wars, there probably really isn't. So many of the stories are these orphans, right? I mean, you look at Luke, was he technically an orphan? Yes and no. I mean, his dad was alive, but he didn't know that until yeah. much later on. I mean, you look at Anakin; he never had a father figure in his role growing up, and then becomes Vader due to all the rage that he's learned. Um, I mean, I guess you could look at Luke, and you could look at these other figures that became father figures. So, yeah. Obi Wan Kenobi's and and Yoda and those kind of things too. And so, um, no, I mean,
1: but, you you could argue each each of the trilogies right is premised off of a failed. Father son relationship. So mm-hmm. the prequels, Anakin and pretty much any male, <laughs> <so laughs> Qui Gon, Obi Wan, uh, you know, uh, Palpatine, uh, the Force, if he yeah. was immaculately conceived as has been suggested, right? Like, yep. um, the original, you've already uh, discussed that um, in the original uh, trilogy. And then the sequel trilogy, really, you know, Kylo slash Ben Solo and Han who is, you know, a yeah. <laughs> storied general hero of the rebellion who turns out to be a pretty lousy dad. Ben vis-a-vis Luke in The Last Jedi. And then Kylo Ren with Snoke, even. And then even, like, the Clone, Clone Wars cartoon uh, series, there's, you know, Django Fett and, mm-hmm. and, and Boba. Like, there's uh, everywhere. It's, like, a failed... A failed father. So, I guess
0: here's the question then. Would the Skywalker saga had even happened had we had a father figure like the Mandalorian throughout the entire series? (laughs) Maybe not.
1: Who knows? (laughs) Yeah, you never... Well, it'll be interesting to see where Grogu fits in with the sequel trilogy, right? Mm -hmm. But did you ever watch um, Dave Filoni, who's sort of helming almost Mm -hmm. everything with, and thankfully... Uh, everything Star Wars related. Uh, I think on some behind the scenes thing, he was talking about Anakin uh, for epi- episode one, the the duel, duel of the fates between Darth, the fates. Darth Maul and, uh, and uh, Qui-Gon and, mm-hmm. and Obi-Wan and how it's called duel of the fates because essentially it was viewed as if, because Qui-Gon was different from the other Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, and Qui-Gon understood, this is all me paraphrasing Dave Filoni, but he basically said like Qui-Gon knew like, He this 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 child needs a father figure, and he was sort of assuming that mantle, even though it went against the rest of the Jedi. And so Qui Gon knew that if if he was if he wasn't around for this kid, like problems will ensue. Ensue because if you watch if you watch uh, episode one, Obi Wan is like thoroughly annoyed with Anakin, (laughs) like does not like him. Yeah, like I think refers to him as like some you know desert scum or something or I don't know. And so it's really you know it's it's really that battle that sort of shapes the direction and the, the ultimate tragedy of, of Anakin is from that very first major battle with, with Darth Maul uh, when he um, uh, you know, when he kills a uh, Qui-Gon. So mm-hmm. it's um, I thought that was very insightful and that's why I love Dave Filoni, Filoni and everything he touches. Yeah, so, no, definitely. Then, I don't know if you've watched the bad batch.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Our boys so, are very right? into that one so, too. Yeah.
1: So Omega and Hunter and wrecker and, and all, it's another sort of, I guess father daughter. I guess you'd
0: say that, I, but yeah, that's I, how do you how do you have a clone of a different
1: that that yeah, part I, I didn't get. But I, I didn't. I assumed I assumed she was a girl, but I can't. Yeah. I don't really know. Again, I think she's they referred old. To she's, her as a girl. I think. Okay.
0: so. I think they did.
1: Again, wanted, she's older. She's older than that. Yeah. So it's also another sort of Mando Grogu. Yeah. Parallel. See, now there.
0: I'm gonna have to go back and watch and see if if Omega was referred to as a girl. I feel like it was. She was. See now, here I go having to figure it all out again. Yeah,
1: I don't, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> that's, that's a, to that's a different topic.
0: Not that it matters, but when you're talking yeah, about yeah, yeah. clone technology and, and changing up a, a chromosome, there, it's uh, <laughs> what do you yeah. what are you manipulate for?
1: That's the only unbelievable thing. About I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, thing. yeah, cloning, normal, fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I have to ask you what what do you think was your favorite Mando Grogu? moment oh, in the series gosh. so far
0: you know i i think as a as a dad it's you know the little things that just annoy mando during the whole process like Rogu eating the eggs and it's like <laughs> i told you to stop doing that and he just looks at him and eats another yeah. one and it's just yeah, like yeah. that's so my my five-year-old it's he will yeah. look at me and i tell him not to do it and he'll just look at me and do it like right in my face or yeah. like when he's trying to help him you know rewire something in the ship and he's like no do this and then do this and he totally does it wrong and gets zapped. Yeah. And it's just like, yep, that yep, that's pretty much how life is with a with a kid and a toddler, basically. Um I think it's those moments. I think it's like yeah. it's just like I can totally relate to that. So
1: yeah. What about you? Um, you know, I think it's when they were uh when they sought out Ahsoka Tano, mm-hmm. um, and she's trying to get him to use the force, right? Um, and so instead of a baseball and a glove, Mando and Grogu are playing like force catch <laughs> it, with that little joystick yeah, knob, I think yep. it was. And just cause it was like such a cool analogy to, to our, our world. Right. But also the fact that in that moment, you know, that Grogu is like attached to Mando and mm-hmm. that's what showed Ahsoka that like, I, I really can't train him because I saw this happen with Anakin. So, and that you know, that speaks to larger themes in Star Wars where there's this whole like, oh, you have an attachment. Nope, we're not going to like help you nurture it or find a healthy way to deal with it. We're just going to like shun you and make you figure it out on your own. And then somebody later will come help you with this <laughs> and still not address it. And then you will probably mess up along the way because everyone's just like avoiding the obvious
0: nobody knows how to parent in the star wars world i guess that's just
1: how it is i wrote a you know i actually wrote a three posts on my blog about related to star wars and coaching and i think the the first one was like darth vader really just needed a life coach (laughs) um and i talk about like i say it's the failure of the jedi um Mm -hmm. in, in all these ways is how they just kept sort of not addressing these issues for him or helping him learn how to navigate the world and just sort of almost casting shame about it for Mm -hmm. him. So, yeah, it's almost like that
0: quintessential, like tough dead mentality, like, nope, don't cry. You're not allowed to feel that way about this. Just deal with it and move on. You're not allowed to have emotions about it or anything like that. So, Yeah. yeah. And
1: obviously speaks to the,
0: the ended up failure of the whole council. So
1: right. And I mean, there's, there's similar, like, right. So that's like a, probably part of that's part of the like the jedi ethos right like and Mm -hmm. it's almost like this this noble aim of them to not have attachments Mm -hmm. like they almost have like bragging rights about it right yeah and so many of them violate that right like we learn in clone wars that obi-wan had like a fling and and inside maybe we'll learn more about obi-wan on tatooine i mean he's probably really bored right yeah they got that series coming out i'm curious to see what happens there um oh where was i going with this oh um Oh, 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 sorry, I was going to relate it to yeah. medicine, right? Like, oh, there's yeah. all these, there's all these, again, when um, uh, I, you know, in our, in, in our, our prior uh, podcast episode, we talked about uh, the narratives that we have about medicine. And a lot of those deal with sort of this like noble aim of, of medicine. Uh, in a lot of ways, there's there's obviously good intentions behind that. But I think in some ways, it's, it, it hurts us or limits us in, in such a way. Um, in how we show up and in in some ways how medicine is shaped, right? Like we're not supposed to talk about money things with patients Mm -hmm. because that's going to, uh, influence our decisions and impact the therapeutic relationship we have with patients. You know, that's like my father's generation.
0: Yeah.
1: And for me, it's like, no, like this is incredibly important to have these discussions because if I'm suggesting something that's going to put somebody out on the street, but I'm like, saying that this is life threatening, right? Like I have to help them navigate that decision. But Absolutely. if I'm like saying, no, 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 I can't have that discussion with them. I just have to say, you need to do this. Like, I mean, a it's super paternalistic. Um, and in, in a way it's almost taking advantage of that power dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's honestly, it's, it's, it's almost like an easy way out. At least that's how I look at it. Um, I'm sure physicians out there would, would disagree with me, but I, 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 you know, I see a lot of sort of similarities between, almost the cult of the Jedi and the, the cult of medicine in that way.
0: Yeah. No, that's, that's a good transition there. Yeah.
1: Lots to think about with, with star Wars
0: and parenting and. Oh yeah. Doctor life and all of that. So. Yeah. Oh, well, cool. Good chatting. That was a good talk. I liked it. Yeah. We have to see fun. how season three goes. We'll have to touch on that. Cause I'm, I'll be curious to see how the whole. Paternal side. Relates to it. Does Grogu even come back in it? I feel like they have to, I don't think you can keep him out. So
1: yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. I I don't know if I'm going to enjoy it having sort of two locations. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be different. Have a different feel to it, I think. No matter what what they choose to do, so yeah. Well, unless unless Luke just drops him right back off, be like, no, nope, yeah, not this kid. Like, Sorry.
0: dude, you totally screwed <laughs> this kid up. I can't teach him anything. And then it's just like it's the the, the montage of the college student who comes home and lives with his parents till he's forty five. And, yeah. <laughs> and so, well, cool. Well, thanks for chatting it
1: with me. It was
0: finally got it done.
1: I know, exciting.
0: Yeah, good all right, man Well, I will talk with you later. All right.
1: All right. You, you take care. You too.
0: All right, I'd like to thank Dr. Niazi again for nerding out with me, talking some dad life and how it relates to Star Wars. If you got something out of this, or if you have some thoughts or something I totally missed or he totally missed, send me a message. Let me know. Comment on this episode. I'd I'd love to hear your take on it and, and think about it. But really, you know, you look at so much in life, and there's so many different things and stories out there. And you have to ask yourself, how many stories were influenced by the parents that were involved with these people? And I'm going to comment on that a little bit for this, this week's Friday review show. So make sure you check in on that on Friday. So again, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Remember to, again, subscribe, leave your review, share this with a friend, embrace those imperfections, and we'll see you next time.
1: My dad, Dr. Jeremy Toffel, is a pediatrician, father, and husband. The information provided in this podcast is not meant to be medical advice and is for your education and entertainment only.